0: everybody and thank you for joining us back here in the capital city for another episode of boots to balls, balls. i am david storm manning pa announcer game day host for your new orleans Saints. and i i can say that with a little yes. gusto this week especially That's after right. the performance they put uh-huh. on and joined, as always, the beautiful to my bald, he is the one and only... Donald
1: Dunn. It's a good weekend in Louisiana. We saw a lot of teams win,
0: and I think everyone feels a sigh of relief. Yes. When they win, we all win. It definitely makes that's Mondays right. and the rest of the week a whole lot, a lot. happier. <laughs> so, before we get into all the coverage, because that's what we do here on Boots to Balls, all we outkick coverage. Louisiana sports coverage and we are going to do that uh, with you today. We got to kick it to the comments first that's and right. foremost, because uh, without you guys watching, enjoying the programs, taking it to the comments, uh, we're just two guys in a very cool room talking about sports. And that's yep. just weird. At Marlin 6598 he said, I like boots to balls. We like Marlin 6598 right. Thank you, Marlon. We appreciate it. Our, uh, our favorite fantastical friend, mm. the Easter, Easter Bunny. bunny. We do. We have, a, we have the Easter Bunny. We're still waiting to get subscriptions from Santa Claus and the Tooth Fairy, but yep. we know the Easter Bunny's putting in a good word. The Easter Bunny said, aw, thanks for mentioning me. That was probably the segment in the yep. last episode. Mm-hmm. Easter Bunny said, I love you guys. We love you back. Uh, and then that was followed by a ton of multicolored heart emojis and commentary yes. on last week's games. And also said, Easter Bunny, like it a tip. Talking about just the tip. Just the tip. It was the name of our basketball segment. Donald hates it, which shouldn't make me like it anymore, but for but. some strange reason, it really does. We put it up to a vote. Cheyenne Edgar, 9310. She said, keep just the tip. Not touching it. Nope. Not touching it. She wants us. St- nope. That, that's nope. N.A. No? Moore, 1279, friend and subscriber. She said she, or I, okay, first of all, I need you in this week's comments. N.A. more. I don't know what any more stand nope. for. I don't know if you're a guy or a girl and I just inadvertently called you she, and I don't know why. I think it's because I see a more AMORE and I feel love and feminine energy and I could be way wrong. Mm. So I need you to comment and let me know. You don't have to tell me your whole name, but let me know if you are male, female, binary, non, but how do I refer Reference to you? Reference of the day. <laughs> for real, please just give me that. Um, NAMOR 1279 said, love the basketball commentary, but quote, just the tip ain't it, Chief. Which makes me think you could be, you could be a guy. <laughs> just, just possibly. And you know, I'm gonna say this, and this might just become like the running gag of the comment section. Mm. If NA more never comments and lets me know, hey, I'm a dude, hey, I am a, f- a woman, then I am just gonna keep guessing because just the tip ain't it, chief. Sounds very masculine, but you, like, I just... Who knows? I'm so confused. Wow. So very confused. Anyway, those were the comments. We appreciate very much you guys Absolutely. watching, subscribing, Thanks and us. taking the time to comment on the shows. We love all of your comments, whether they be that, whether you jump in with predictions for the game, which right. we will get into later. This was a good week it for us, a by the way. strong week. Oh, we did all right. Strong week. We did all right. One of us did better than others... Hmm, who could that be but overall we did all we right. we did good we did pretty good uh so i'm looking forward to seeing what the predictions are going to be like this weekend
1: all right you ready let's just jump right into let's it let's go into it
0: let's start with some lsu ball
1: absolutely absolutely well the tigers won
0: Woo-hoo! yeah who Love
1: would it? have guessed that between two tigers <laughs> yeah that's true it's hey 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 you know who's going this week that's right the tigers
0: Tigers are going to win again.
1: It's just a it's automatic win streak, and everybody wins when the Tigers win. But the LSU Bayou Bengals did take it down uh, up to Columbia, Missouri and brought home a 49-39 to victory in a game that had a lot of moments where you had to catch your breath. You had to say, okay, is this where the season actually ends? Have we reached the end? Or Jane Daniels showed you. Through his once again Heisman level performance, we are we haven't shied from it. We're starting the campaign. We already, I think, we were some of the first, personally, who said Jaden for Heisman because the man
0: continues to put on that level of performance week in week out. I tell you what, Jaden Daniels. Um, I'm I was going to do this a little bit later in the segment, but if we're going to start with Jaden Daniels, we just need to let's start, start with Jaden Daniels. We are all aware that Jaden Daniels is crazy tough. That's right. And for the folks that have been a, a part of the, the show for the last couple of weeks, y'all have heard me talk about the try stopping the Jaden hate, mm-hmm. and you need to. So I'm going to give Jaden my weekly shout-out right now. I'm going to sing his praises real quick over the airwaves on the Nussbus radio station. Garrett Nussmeyer is not a bad quarterback. Not at all. He's not a bad quarterback, and I look forward to what he's going to do with the LSU offense next season. But he ain't Jaden... No, nope. he's not Jaden. And next year, I would be shocked, shocked if Garrett Nussmeyer is in the Heisman Trophy conversation the way that Jaden Daniels is this year. Yep, uh, and that's not a slight on on Garrett Nussmeyer. He's just not doing the things that Jaden is doing. Nuss went zero and two, zero for two, two passes, both incomplete, while Daniels was having his rib injury evaluated. No positive impact yeah. on the game at all. I mean no Did, negative Didn't impact. turn the ball over. He didn't turn the ball over. So that's I guess technically a there positive. But if you're not it moving does. the ball, you're you're that's not positive no, either. Not at all. So uh meanwhile, Jaden Daniels, when he finally comes back a couple of plays later, he's playing through injury in the second half. That's right. Collecting a huge chunk of his 130 rushing yards and running and throwing go-ahead touchdowns right. with bruised ribs. If you still hating on Jaden Daniels. Please tell me why. Bootsportsnetwork.com. Leave me a comment there or in the comment section below. And please, plead your case to me because I don't get it. It
1: doesn't make sense.
0: I don't understand
1: it. I think it's almost over. I really do. I, I, it's, it's all the websites you see. I'd like to apologize. I'd like to take it back.
0: Because people
1: have now seen he can prove it week in week. As
0: well they should. For this LSU Tiger team, who is not without fault or problem. That's absolutely correct. Jaden Daniels ain't one. Mm -mm. In most cases, he's the solution. Yes. So, shout out to my boy. Well done, Jaden. And uh, while we're on offense, I'll give
1: Logan Diggs a shout out for 24 carries, 134 yards on the ground with a touchdown, 5.6 big yards per carry.
0: Oh, he was excellent. Exceptional this game. Absolutely. Um, and that, that is a, a tribute to the Tigers' offensive line as yes. well. There have been some games that we've wondered if they were really going to ever allow Logan Diggs or whoever was running the ball. To just go out there and run the ball. But this week they did. You know, yes. we talked about Jaden Daniels had 130. He was the second leading rusher behind <laughs> Logan Diggs.
1: Absolutely. it's
0: unbelievable to have 230-plus yard rushers in a game. That's right. Well done to the Tigers O-line. Because that doesn't happen if they're not doing their jobs. So, big shout out to them. Uh, if we're giving out game balls, I got one I want to give okay, out. go ahead. And this one's going to catch maybe a little bit of grief. I don't think anyone's ready for this one. I'm giving a game ball to Major Burns. Hmm. On the defense, first of all, we have been talking about the defense not in the most positive yeah, light. No, not, not in the... Uh, if we're talking about balls. what the problems are with the LSU football team... We have discussed that it's the disparity between how well the offense per- is performing week in and week out and how not well yes. the defense is performing week in and week out. Uh, Major Burns, that pick six at the end of the game, sealed, sealed that game for LSU. Now, here's where I'm going to get the hate. Okay. Well, well, Brian Kelly said he he should have kneeled the ball. Okay. okay. I, I don't disagree with that. Yeah. I don't disagree with that. The only thing that that really would have changed, I think, in the oh. grand scheme of things looking back, is the score. Exactly. And honestly, if he would have knelt the ball, I think my prediction would have been closer and I'd have won that one. I, that's Thank not a Major game. That I, <laughs> it's Major not Burns. a game I won. But um, I, six of one, half a dozen of the others. That's right. You're talking about you're you're talking about technique in football. Mm-hmm. Yes. If Major Burns intercepts it and he sees nothing but clear end zone all day long, and then he goes, whoop, I can kneel this one, and kneels it at the one-yard line. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's that's analytically correct. Good job. Same thing happens. LSU wins the game. Uh, That interception happened with 34 seconds left to play. LSU was only up by three at that time. I'm giving the game ball to him, not because he scored the touchdown. I'm giving the game ball to him because he stopped that drive. Uh, Despite having Mm -hmm. scored the touchdown, Mizzou was able to, in the last 34 seconds, move the ball down far enough that they could have kicked a field goal. Oh, yeah. Had he not made that game-saving interception, regardless of touchdown or not, they still could have made it far enough with plenty enough time to kick a game-tying field goal or potentially throw a touchdown
1: particularly when you see Missouri, who has a Groza-level kicker. Now, obviously, he didn't show it this game, and thankful LSU didn't get to see that leg. But the man's hits from 61 yards already this season to win games at the last second. Getting to take him out of it, getting to take that Missouri offense where you thought that their leading wide receiver was going to hit 200 easy, get to just remove that in an instant, and then not only – While you're removing that threat, you're then hyping the defense. You're giving them something to latch on to where they've had to take a lot of heat over the past couple weeks to give them something to be celebrated for, to get to see that, them lift it up. I think that is a major statement, not only for the Tigers' defense, but saying that, hey, I know it's been a struggle, but we still have talent here. This is still LSU.
0: Now, and here's what I'm going to say, and this is uh, maybe I should defer to uh, potential LSU football coach, producer Brett. Um, When you're talking about technique versus, and we've talked about the issues that LSU has had defensively this season, especially over the past couple games. Me as a fan, I was happy Mm -hmm. when Major Burns crossed the goal line. Same. I was happy that he scored a touchdown, not because the defense scored a touchdown. I was happy because that meant with 34 seconds left, now Missouri, it's a two-possession game. It is potentially likely yep. that they'll score one. Highly unlikely with the amount of time that they have that they're gonna score two. I would much rather have had that than the than the kneel down. Yeah, much less the fact that I, as made as a fan, a, a lot. Will, of, I
2: will say, as a potential uh, coaching candidate yes. for the shoe, I think the only time a kneel is appropriate is like in 2011 when there's five minutes left in the Ole Miss game and you're up 56 and you're at the one-yard line and it's to disrespect your opponent. Yep.
1: Now, not to say anything (laughs) here, but we've mentioned our friends in the desert once or twice and how sometimes there's a little bit of shenanigans that go on. All I'm saying is the number was six. Sure was, wasn't it? And if he kneels that ball – There's a big difference in the state of Louisiana on how a lot of people felt. That was a little bit of a
0: bad beat, wasn't
1: it? Just a touch of one.
0: Oh, it sure was. I didn't even think about that. I lost track of the numbers entirely Mm -hmm. at that point. I was just happy to see the defense balling out. That's right. Um, Aliens
1: of Vegas saving the LSU defense.
0: And I would like to to say something to to you, producer Brett, and your your coaching. Uh, That comes entirely from someone who doesn't believe in kicking extra points.
1: No. You don't st- believe in kicking off at all, correct? You you <laughs> believe in onsides
2: only. On site well okay. every kick is an ambush. Okay. Okay. Every kick is you line up for a regular kickoff so that most of their players on the other side of the field, then you onside it. It's a numbers game. You'll get it. So it worked for the Saints.
0: One time. Just just one once. out of one time. <laughs> I guess technically it's a hundred percent. Sure. Fair enough. When it counts. So but you know, we're talking about Major Burns. Yes, Major Burns. Him him getting my game ball. Um, And and here's, again, why. Mizzou was entirely too close. Yes. Entirely too close. Uh, It was their first loss of the season. They still managed to score a season-high 39 on LSU. So, their previous high was 38, which was Vandy the week before. 39 points. And we're driving. I'm okay with Cushion. Right. I, Even if it's in the last 30 seconds. Yes, I know. Every little bit. Technically, helps. you can get the ball and you can kneel it, and we can be done, and we can go home. Now you're just talking about beating Vegas, really, honestly. I'm okay with the cushion. Mm-hmm. Totally okay with the cushion. I'm not mad at Major Burns for that. Shout out. Thanks for the pick. Enjoy the points. I, I don't care one way or the other. Yeah, and I think one thing to look
1: at there, you know, it's it's very strange that we're at this point with LSU. We shaved 16 points off the previous week's defensive scoring output. Most of the time, you're celebrating that, like in the case of the other team in Louisiana Saints. Yet at this point, we're still scratching our heads saying, how are we letting this much offense go down? Just absolutely unabashed. because To be fair, Missouri didn't necessarily get this all from just one or two big chunks. They were nickel and diming up and down the field, Give me five yards here, 15 there, so forth and so on. And it wasn't that sloppy of a game from LSU. You didn't see that many penalties. Of course, we had a lot of conversation regarding some of those penalties. Well, yeah. But, you know, I felt like overall the defense played a cleaner game, which was thankfully something good to see.
0: So I I would agree. I think that there were some of the penalties, I think, were very kind of ticky-tack. Yeah. And I was not a fan of them at all. And I want to pull up the stats because I want to get the numbers right on this. Correct. But there were, I think, way more penalties than there, uh, than there needed to be. So, looking at the stats on this one, penalties for uh, LSU were 11 for 83. Yep, 11, of, 11 for 63 on the Mizzou side. So, they yep. both had the same number of penalties. But LSUs were of larger yardage varieties. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of them were just downright dumb. Yeah. Uh, like just, I don't know what you were thinking, committing that penalty kind of penalty. Uh, there were a couple that uh, clearly I feel like the refs got wrong. Yeah. but I, that's every game. every game. And if we if we sat here and nitpicked every time these refs got one wrong, we'd I, be here all night. It'd be another podcast entirely. Exactly. So all right, yeah, you just you you realize that the refs are gonna miss some. They're gonna make some dumb calls. Whatever. Sometimes you got to beat two teams. Sometimes. Um, sometimes you don't. And this was one of those times where again, I feel like LSU's offense needed to help the defense. Mm-hmm. And they, and for the most part, they did. They won the time of possession. Absolutely. Battle. Uh, not by much, but by yeah. enough. I mean, they 32 and a half minutes to 27 and a half minutes yeah. roughly. Yeah. So that's a win. They eight clock. Yay. We've been Yay. preaching that for a couple of weeks now. Um, the defense showing up in the end when it counted made all the difference. Oh, I agree. If they're if they're not going to be there all game, mm-hmm. at least show out in that last couple minutes and make sure that you can. When your team scores forty two, I'm not yeah. even counting the Major Burns touchdown just, just at the hold end. It forty two to thirty nine, Mizzou was driving. Mm-hmm. Fair shot. They're going to score. Exactly. Major Burns doesn't make that pick. If your team scoring forty two and we said this last week, and the losing, that's a defensive problem. And, I mean, problem.
1: we saw some of that improvement. You looked at where, in the second half, you had the defense go out and stop Mizzou, keep them entirely from even getting on their on our side, of the 50, which was a incredible step up from where, in the sort of old Miss game, you were trying to keep them out of the end zone. This time, you were able to keep them entirely off the field, which did help contribute to that 32-27 time possession battle win. So I think overall, you know, as much as we talked about Matt House last game, he's making adjustments. Now, I don't think he's free from any criticism yet, but I think he's making adjustments. And you have two games coming up. We're going to predict one of them later here in Auburn where between that team that's struggling right now to get their offense together and then, honestly, you have a wild card with Army. I don't know quite how we're going to respond to the triple option or their new modern version of it, but you're not going to see a lot of passes, which is what hurts us the most. I imagine we could perform quite well. Then you get a week to prepare for the big one.
0: Yeah, and and I'm glad that you brought the big one up because that is – not that I want to look past. Yeah. But as a fan and as an analyst, I can afford to do so. Exactly. So, I'm going to look ahead to Bama. Bama is our regular season Super Bowl. Absolutely. That's the game that should be circled on everybody's calendars. Key to the because, West. Because, correct, if you win that game, you're pretty much a lock to see, we'll imagine, I imagine it's going to be Georgia, Yep. in the SEC championship game. That is your, your key to the dance. Mm-hmm is the SEC championship game, and it goes through Alabama. They gave up 527 total yards against Mizzou. Hmm. 411 passing, 116 rushing. Against Mizzou. Against Mizzou. What's Bama going to do? Bama and Nick Saban, they have the potential to be a way more potent offense than Mizzou.
1: If they get their problems ironed out by the time November rolls around, I think while I don't think Jaden Milrow is anyone that we should be considering for end of season trophies, he's a very functional sec quarterback when he puts his best foot forward and he's going to be given it whenever LSU comes to town.
0: Yep. You know, LSU Bama, I, as a boot sports fan, even as a saints fan, knowing what the, the rivalries were with the 49ers -hmm. back in, in the days when we were all in the same division. Um, the Rams, the Bucks, the Falcons, the Panthers. I, as much as Saints fans don't like the Atlanta Falcons fans, I don't know that there is a rivalry in football, in the sport, in the state that mm. rivals LSU, Bama. I don't think there is one. On the implications that level. get well, just at, on every level, mm. that game means more to the coaches. To the players? I mean, Brian Kelly said it last oh, yeah. season. One of the things that was his his big priority was to beat Bama. Yep. And I don't think it was just because he wanted to beat Bama for himself, which I'm sure he did. But for here, this yeah. area, the LSU, he recognized, hey, this is the game. Wow. Every year, this is our regular season big one. I have to ask
2: you, um, Dave, because I'm 25. Donald, I also believe, is 25. I have, had a, hey, children. I have had an intense hatred for Bama my entire life because not only did Nick Saban lie to me in person, but he lied to the entire LSU fan base, went to Miami, lied to that fan base, and the LSU fan base, went to Bama. I always viewed him as the Benedict Arnold of football. Was the hatred for Alabama as intense as it is now? Because I no. my hatred started for them before the Benedict Arnold of football era.
0: No. no. Right. I... I not that I can recall. Um, I would honestly say that I think for the majority of of time in in my in my remembrance, uh, the bigger LSU rival was Florida.
1: I would say so. The spurrier years, the Yeah, you know, bring back the magic, all it that. It wasn't like, until
0: Saban ended up at Alabama and Alabama started becoming a the, a national perennial power that there was really a Oh, it's you uh, uh, that, uh, I,
2: remember, I remember in 2007, I got one of those electric football games. Yeah, sure. And uh, my dad said he could only buy me two teams. And I remember choosing LSU, Florida, because in 2007, that was the game of the LSU, year. Florida yeah. was LSU, Bama.
0: Yeah, totally. Yeah. And that's and that's like I said, that I can't remember there prior to that rivalry. I cannot remember. Any team being a bigger LSU rival. That's always
1: the conversation you hear when it comes to LSU is, you know, we don't have a geographical rival, uh, you know, since the demise of Tulane effectively from the ranks of power five football. Uh, Our nearest opponent is generally, you can call it either Mississippi State or Texas A&M, a near four hour drive to either one. So we're not geographically hating someone like you have Alabama Auburn or you have you know Georgia Georgia Tech anything like this. All we really have is who is the one that is stopping us from winning what we want. And historically that has been Florida, Alabama. You see big implications with Auburn has as they've had their national championship runs throughout the years. So LSU is a unique school to where we don't necessarily need to hate you because my sister went to the other school. We hate you just because you're in the way and you're going to get it regardless. Yeah.
0: And and to that point, Brad, I know we've talked about the the LSU Tulane rivalry, which was a that was also a predominant LSU I rivalry. I think you I oh, well, I don't want to say that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I, I was going to say I think you're the only one, but I don't I don't know that 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 would be an accurate
2: well, statement. Well, it's interesting because Well, hold on,
0: let me finish my statement, Mr. Interruptus. Um, that wasn't as, as heated a rivalry as LSU Florida was because it was more like a friendly in-state rivalry. Like, I remember my, my grandfather on my mom's side growing up was big Tulane, but all of my aunts and uncles, my mom was the oldest of eight. They all went to LSU. And, uh, so every year for LSU Tulane, and we lived right around the block yeah. from Tulane. Like, I grew up throwing a football with my dad on the Tulane practice field, right there where Uelman Stadium is now. And uh, we were on Broadway. I, like, I've, I've mentioned that before. Literally around two blocks. Yeah. Broadway, Audubon, Audubon, Tulane. Right there. Um, we would, uh, it, it was funny. My grandfather and my dad used to go back and forth LSU Tulane week. All week long. Mm-hmm. My grandfather would wear the greenest green he could find, and my dad would show up in the the biggest LSU that he could find. And they would go back and forth. And it was the funniest thing for me because of just their senses of humor. It was it was like watching George Carlin battle Sam Kennison.
2: Oh yeah. Well, I think that's interesting because I believe it's a generational thing. Because I grew up with my football fandom primarily with my grandfather, who's in his like mid seventies, and his friends. All of them were LSU guys, and they hated Tulane like we hate Bama.
0: Interesting. Interesting. That's a that's a fair take. I think we need to put it out to the listeners. Hmm. If there are some listeners out there that have better recollections is that a whole than I do, question for the week. I don't. It, it, Let's make
1: hmm. it. Who is LSU's true rival? Who pre Bama pre Bama
2: because there's Tulane, Florida, and Ole Miss pre Bama? And Ole Miss
0: does get a lot of
2: oh, Ole Miss did, yeah. yeah go to so. heck, old T word, yeah. Go to heck.
0: <laughs> so, uh, you'll All see. All right, if- so you let us know, listeners out there in the comment section, who was LSU's biggest pre-Bama rival who do you recall
1: absolutely and while you're down there and you're enjoying all the content from the boot Sports network go ahead to our community page if you're here on youtube already you can go ahead we'll have that poll question up there hit one of the responses or go over to one of our other social media sites be it x instagram facebook tiktok the list continues to grow, and we keep producing more content. We need the followers to catch up. I'm going to say before this episode, we are at 46 subscribers on YouTube, and that's not a good number for me. I don't like that number. It's a little uneven. How about we make it 50, a challenge for the viewers this week. Get us four subscribers, and we'll make sure to shout if, all of you out. If we week. get
2: to 100 subscribers before December 1st, I will do 100 push-ups on camera. Not You've heard it
1: from producer Brett. You've heard it from me. Now it's time for you to act. Follow the Boot Sports Network.
0: And look, we love all 46 of you who are our current yes, subscribers. And we are grateful for you. But do us a favor and tell your friends. Let this be the topic of your water cooler talk. Come, uh, Well, this uh, usually comes out absolutely. on Thursday. So Friday morning, getting into your Boot Sports weekend. Yeah, well, David and Donald said this. What do you think? And bye, bye, bye. Mm-hmm. Let us be your topic of Friday morning water cooler conversation. We would. Uh, and while you're at it, what other podcast do you listen to that helps you in $10,000? This one does. All thanks to Family Promise of St. Tammany Parish. They would like to give you that $10,000 that I promised. Family Promise is an organization that provides shelter, help, and hope for families on the North Shore, and they cannot do it alone. So, for only $25 from now to December 15th, you can buy tickets. ...for their fourth annual Family Promise Raffle. Starting on November 1st, they're going to draw for amazing daily prizes. And all daily winners will remain eligible for the $10,000 grand prize drawing on December 15th. For those of you wondering the quality of some of those wonderful daily prizes, I personally am donating a pair of tickets, 300-level seats in the Caesars Superdome... ...for the Saints season finale against the dreaded, hated rival Atlanta Falcons. So go ahead and get your tickets... Again, uh, if you are a daily prize winner, you do remain eligible for the $10,000 grand prize drawing, which will take place December 15th. The more tickets you have, the better your odds. So get yours now at fpstp.org. That is fpstp, short for Family Promise, St. Tammany Parish.org. So, we talked a little bit about LSU. We kind of bled into Tulane a smidge. Tulane was idle this week. I mean, which is fair enough. They should have, they deserved a week off after beating two teams, UAB and the refs, the week before. Absolutely. They actually are going to take on the Memphis Tigers, another Tiger team playing. Wow. Are there so many Tigers? All the Tigers in one episode? That's lots of Tigers. Is that. That Jeez. is all the Tigers. I mean, in the short world. of Clemson. So, did we mention Clemson? Hey, did you know? Clemson? I mean, we mentioned Clemson. Now, so <laughs> dang, that, we did it. I think we. Damn, wow, that's unlocked.
1: Impressive. Hit that little notification.
0: Correct. Button. All right, so they're uh, they're going to be taking on the Memphis Tigers Friday the thirteenth. We'll break that one down in predictions later oh. on in the show. And despite their idle week, they still managed to remain at what would have been number thirty,
1: number 30. in the AP top twenty-five. I know another team that was in the thirties this week,
0: bruh. And that is a miracle who, itself. Who made it to New England? I'm saying. I don't know who them people were, but I like them. Yep. I hope they stick around. The New Orleans Saints, my guys. That's the team Indeed. that we we expected to see all season long. Been waiting on it. Showed Hoping up. For it. Shut out the Pats, thirty-four to nothing, nothing in New England. Whew. Walked into Foxborough and went, hey, nice place you got here. Mm-hmm. We live here now. That's right. This is our house. Oh, my God. Give
1: somebody from Louisiana a little cold weather. Look what happens.
0: Now, while I am super excited about the win, I am living in a realm of cautious mm. optimism. And here's why. Uh, I, di- I begged last yep. week, folks. We'll remember, I begged for the offense to break 20. Break 20. 20. Sounds familiar, right? banging on the table and all that. And they did. The offense broke 20 points. That was even without the Tyron Matthew Matthew. pick six, which, by the way, you love to see. The Saints offense posted 27 on their own in this win. If they can do that consistently, the offense, by themselves, post 27 points. The way that the defense has been playing, they're good enough to hang with just about anybody in this league. I will say that, including San Francisco. Okay. Dallas. All right. Buffalo. If the Saints can post 27 on offense and the defense plays lights out like they're doing. Un- yeah. Unstoppable? Uh, We're not there yet. Cautious optimism. Damn good. Yeah. Damn good. They're going to make it a game. They'll make everyone a game. But so here's where I'm, I'm sitting, right? Okay. What changed? What changed offensively? Was it players? Was it play calling? Was it just the fact that it was only New England? And here's what I mean by that. Yeah, it. go ahead. The Pats were only one and three coming into the game. Their only win was a 15 to 10 slugfest over the depleted Jets in week three. They are tied with Denver for dead last mm. in the whole of the AFC. They have now been outscored 72 to three in their Ooh. last two games. One hundred and twenty-one to forty in all of their losses this season. One hundred and thirty-one to fifty-five all season long. Their offense is ranked twenty-third in the league. or twenty-second yep. offensively. Their defense is middle of the pack. They're giving up an average of twenty-six points per game. Okay. New England is just not a good team not at this all this season. So, I mean, is it just how well our offense can perform against a bad team, or did? Did somebody wake something up?
1: I think it was a combined effort because you have to look at this and say, okay, you see a team struggling. You see something that is not functioning. Do you go and you play to its level or do you elevate and you show what you can be against that weaker opponent? The Saints chose to do the latter. Saints chose to make sure that everyone knows, hey, I know we had a couple of rough weeks there. I know it didn't look pretty, but we are still a playoff team. Like the majority of you predicted us to be. You saw so many people say saints are going to win the South. You saw 11 and six, 10 and seven. All these predictions don't look too bad. When you watch that team that played against new England looks very much on brand. You saw the saints offense get into gear. You saw Alvin Kamara get to play like he's been playing his entire career. And now, I'll be honest with you, I have one critique, and I can't let it slide. Derek Carr is still struggling a bit to get the ball distributed. And I don't know if it's the AC joint. I don't know if it's the timing that hasn't formed yet. But 180 yards is not going to win you many games in the NFL. All right, so
0: Drew Brees' career completion percentage. In the high 60s. High 60s. Derek Carr was 18 for 26, 183 yards, 69.2 completion percentage.
1: Halfway there,
0: average seven yards per catch. All right, so the completion percentage is there. Yeah, one hundred and eighty-three yards, not a lot. If those eighteen receptions were for for longer receptions, yeah. now, if he had a longer average yards per catch, I'd probably be a little happier with that. Mm-hmm. Saints fans typically used to pushing three hundred yards Spoiled. passing between Spoiled. three to four hundred, yeah, five hundred on a good Drew Brees game. I don't think Derek Carr is ever going to get us at. Okay, I could see Derek Carr being a consistent. Between 250 to 300 yeah, guy. Nice day on three. But I also don't think that Dennis Allen, is, and I know that Dennis Allen isn't the one calling the offensive yeah. place. I think, I don't think he's the type of coach that's going to have a 500-yard passing game. And want to rely on that I, offensive I, I think he is a probably a more balanced, smash-mouth, old-school-style football coach. It's just kind of what I see. He, yeah. he really believes in the defense doing what the defense does. So... I don't know that you're ever going to see Garrett Carr with a with a 450 plus mm-hmm. yard football game in a black and gold jersey. I just don't think that that's going to happen. And I don't think that that's a bad thing. If they yeah. can win, play in balanced football, especially with the two-headed dragon that hopefully we'll get to see coming up here pretty soon, mm-hmm. Alvin Kamara and Jamal Williams,
1: uh, you'd have to think that can be pretty balanced. Could you
0: imagine Alvin Kamara, Jamal Williams? Chris Olave, Rashid Shaheed, Mike Thomas, all at the field at the same time. Yeah,
1: much less the tight ends.
0: Defense giving you fits, and that's not even accounting for tight ends. Yep, you've got tremendous tight ends when Juwan is is healthy and Foster he's out there. His first Foster Moreau is looking fantastic. That's right. Taysom Hill, whenever he lines up, wherever at, he lines yeah. up, and then Jimmy Graham on top of it all, like. Our on paper, should be loaded. Our offensive skill team is stacked. If if the offensive line, and kudos to them, again, yep. though, play in New England, they finally started to, to get Derek a little bit of protection. He was yep. able to complete more passes. He was able to have a much more complete game.
1: Absolutely. I,
0: I tell you what, man, if that consistently, and I think a lot of that is, is Cesar Ruiz coming back. Yep. We saw, which was very very
1: helpful. We saw Trevor Penning put on a much improved performance. As I see, he's starting to make gradual adjustments. Maybe you just need to get back into the flow. You know, sometimes it takes a little bit getting out the gate. Well,
0: and like and like we said, in Trevor Penning's case, Trevor Penning really didn't get a chance to play last no, season. This is much. his rookie year. There's a lot of learn as you go for him. And mm-hmm. four or five games in, now you're starting to learn as you go. Yep. Once you line up against different people, different people are going to attack you with different ways. Whether they whether they try to bull rush you, whether they try to sweep you, whether exactly. whatever it is that they try to do from a from a defensive line stance. Now he is he is starting to see things. He's yes. starting to get more in game experience, and and his reactions to those things are getting better. More
1: natural flow, less hesitation. That sort of led to some of those. Situations where I felt like Derek really would have to step into the pocket and he was off his reads. You could kind of tell he would get stuck, kind of freeze. Okay, I don't have as much time as I thought. Let me panic here. And that's where I think a lot of that early season woes came from where he was just – it didn't look like Derek Carr. If you you watched Raiders games in the past, his progressions didn't match. He's starting to get more into his natural motion, and I'm liking what I'm seeing a little bit there.
0: Yeah, well, I think a lot of that was – Realizing that he he wasn't going to have the time that he was maybe used to having, yeah. So he's he's definitely. It was nice to see him have time. Absolutely, it was definitely nice to see him have time. Um, Penalties: Saints were twelve for eighty-six. New England five penalties. They they were a much more disciplined squad. Um, And again, there were there were some ticky tack penalties, some that I don't think the Saints should have been called on. Um, But
1: yeah. Yeah, T zone.
0: It is. It is what it is. They were five for fifteen on third down, which was way better than one for fourteen that New England was. They were over two on fourth down. Yep, uh, which I'm okay with that too. Um, statistically, an all around good game for the Saints. Uh, they did. They did very very well. Um, and the defense now. Yes. And this is something that we should have realized before we made our predictions last week. Even as a defensive coordinator, when he was under Sean Payton, Mm -hmm. Dennis Allen has had Bill Belichick. He has had his number. He just has. Um, The defense now, our defense currently ranked sixth overall in terms of total yards allowed. Fourth, if you look at yards per game average. Seventh in total passing yards allowed. Fourth in passing yards per game. Tenth in total rushing yards. Eighth in rushing yards per game average. And now fifth in total points allowed fourth in average points per game with only 76 total points allowed through 5 games, 15.2 average. Holding teams to 15 points. Even when the Saints couldn't break 20. If they can keep if they can get to 19 and hold that's teams right. to 15, that's a win. 21 put up 24. I mean, you're starting to
1: see the Saints defense, I think as the last pieces that were coming (laughs) off of that injury report start to show back up, playing consistently. You see Tyron Matthew get to get in the game, almost had two interceptions. He did take the one to the house, but the other one, you know, was just a footstep away. Carl Granderson, Cam Jordan, Brian Verzee, the entire defensive line is performing at an outstanding rate. And I know I saw this uh, statistic somewhere. I'm going to fortunately not be able to cite it, but. Demario Davis, his tackling percentage of opportunities to completed tackles is, I believe, top 10 in the NFL right now, if not top five. He has been playing at a amazing level at age 34. You would not, you know, I, I remember when we first brought Demario on and, you know, I said, OK, I guess this is kind of going to fit that sort of Vilma mold, you know, kind of. A defensive leader, but you know what kind of production will we see? And I mean, Demario Davis has exceeded everything. I think every Saints fan thought he was going to be.
0: To your point, in Foxborough, Demario Davis tied with Alante Taylor for six total tackers, yep. six total tackles, leading the team. He had three solo tackles versus Alante's five and one pass defended. Yep, from a linebacker. From a linebacker. I tell you what, Demario Davis, I, I am so glad. That when Drew Brees retired, mm-hmm. Demario Davis kind of jumped in and did, the, like, he leads the, the, team, the yeah. team huddles. He is that guy. Like, he is going to rile you up. He's going to get you going. And to be there and be that, like, central captain of the defense and really get things going, I love Demario Davis in black and gold. Absolutely. I hope he retires a saint. Um, yeah, because that you. guy, uh, I hope. He, doesn't take he a day does. Off.
1: He does not take a day off.
0: No. Nope. Him and Cam Jordan, and I know Cam Jordan has said he yep. wants to retire in black and gold, and I would love for that to happen as well. This current defense, I, this might be one of the best defenses I have ever seen. Oh, I agree by like, far. I grew up watching the Dome Patrol, mm-hmm. and no disrespect to those guys because they were animals too. But this defense is ugly and balanced. It's nasty. It's balanced. You don't really want to throw against Marshawn yeah, you Lattimore. You don't want to throw anywhere Tyron Matthew is. Alante Taylor's coming off the bench, and he's leading the team in tackles for the second straight week. That's right. Ugly. This defense is everything a fan wants their defense to be. And I'll tell you what, if I played fantasy football, I would be proud to have the Saints defense as my defense. And
1: I do, and it would be remiss if we don't mention that very special part of the team. Our favorite kicker, Blake,
0: Blake groupie.
1: groupie, Two 50-yard-plus field goals. Outside in the cold and the wind. In the wind. Absolutely. Clutch performance continuing to show that, you know, maybe Mickey Loomis knows what he's doing because he's a pretty smart guy.
0: I am not mad at all at Blake Groupie. I, 11 I'm 11 grou- for I'm 12. a groupie-groupie. That's right. I'm a groupie-goober, yeah. I said it. Um... We mentioned it first of all, we have to we gotta give we Alvin Kamara his game ball. Oh, absolutely. Alvin Kamara did score a rushing touchdown in Foxborough, which now makes him the all time leading Saint scorer. So shout out to him for that. 97 total all purpose mm. yards, three catches for 17. The rest were on the ground, three point six yards per carry. Uh you do that every down, and that's an that's a first down. Absolutely. So that's touchdown what you want King. from yeah. Yeah, that, at the very least, is what you want from your, oh, from your running backs. So, shout out to that. And then we mentioned the two-headed dragon. It's the two-headed hydra. God, I can't wait. Um, Jamal Williams. He's been out with a hamstring injury that he sustained against Carolina. No official word on his recovery. Mm-hmm. Has really been released recently, but he was put on IR, so the earliest that we could see him, if he's healthy and things are going well, could be Jacksonville on the 19th mm-hmm. in the Dome. Mm. My birthday is the 16th, so we, get, we got Houston the day before. That's right. And then uh, my birthday falls smack in between that and Jacksonville. And I get to call that game. Oh, what a present that would be.
1: If it's possible, it would be a good time.
0: I would love nothing more than to see uh, Jamal Williams come back. I want to see so badly, so badly what the Saints plan to do with both of those two guys in the backfield. I'd
1: like to think since he's been out, he's had some time to put some ideas in his head, get kind of motivated, a little bit of chip on the shoulder for him in there.
0: You're talking about putting a chip on the shoulder. Expect a big week from tomorrow. He came to New Orleans with a chip on his shoulder. That's right. He left that game when he got injured, when that chip was swelling. Mm -hmm. Oh, he said, "Mm, nope, nope, I'm not. He's ready. Motivated man. Jamal. Right before a playoff run, too. I'd love to see that. I don't want to be the guy who has to stop Jamal Williams. Yep. If you're Jamal and you're running right at me, his first game back.
1: Okay. Good day, Mr. Williams. Enjoy your time in the end zone.
0: Correct. So, our next game, however, which will not have Jamal because he's still going to be on IR. Houston Texans. We hosted them for the final game in preseason, as you may recall. Mm-hmm. We lost that one 17 13, knocked us out of our first perfect preseason ever. But it was the third preseason game. It was Which like is not a real game. Yeah, most of the people that played in that game aren't on the team anymore. So how different do we think the game is going to be this weekend? I know we're going to talk about it yeah, when we get into the predictions. I mean. But against the Saints offense, level with me. And my cautious optimism, do I need to keep my expectations tempered or do we think that we're going to see an offense similar to what we saw in New England in Houston?
1: I think Houston so far has been a surprise amongst the uh, rebuilding teams in the league, if you want to call them that. You see C.J. Stroud, who has had an amazing run. You as, boys putting up numbers. As you know, a first-year quarterback, a lot better than I thought. Now, you know, to be fair, I always thought C.J. Stroud was the uh, gem of the draft class. A lot of people gave Bryce Young a lot of hype. A lot of people gave Anthony Richardson, which he has certainly earned it to this point. But coming out of college, it did raise an eyebrow eyebrows, an SEC fan. C.J. Stroud has not really had any miscues
0: so far, and...
1: Got a good chance to prove it this week against one of the best defenses in the league.
0: He does. When we get into predictions a little bit later on in the show, I've got some stats on CJ Stroud. I think I do. I'm pretty sure I wrote. Just a touch. Down. Uh, so we will we will discuss those uh, when we come back around. Yeah, I do. There it is. I'll there see. it is. Uh, but that is then, and this is now. And right now, we got to take a quick break. Shout out some of our sponsors. No self-respecting sports fan likes to play on ugly turf, Mm. which is why I and so many others trust my lawn care to Fleur de Green Lawn and Landscaping. Chris and the crew at Fleur de Green do a whole lot more than just mow lawns, which I can tell you from first-hand experience, they do do well. But they can also help with landscaping, installation, plant and garden maintenance, drainage, irrigation installs and repairs, pavestone patios, fences, and much, much more. For examples of their work, check them out on Facebook at Fleur de Green Lawn and Landscape. Or for more information, call Fleur de Green at 504-240-8044. Email fdglandscape at gmail.com. Tell them David Storm sent you. Fleur de Green Lawn and Landscape. They love what they do, and you will too. I do. I'm looking out,
1: and I'm seeing all these... Wonderful lights, and it's a well-lit place. You can see my face. You can see David's face. If you're lucky, you might see producer Brett every now and then. But mm. it's all because we're at Echo Tango, an mm. absolutely wonderful place. We have the opportunity every week to come and do this show. We get to put out our best product, and, you know, we've seen some of the commenters. You have all are appreciative of the production quality of the show. It's all because we have a great space that we're so grateful to have the folks uh, here at Echo Tango, Tommy Tally and everybody that allow us to come out here, put our product out there. And, of course, we got to give a shout-out. Thank you, Echo Tango.
0: Thank you, Echo Tango. And if you guys got products, products, projects that you think that they could help out with, uh, give them, a look, give them on, a look on the webs, on the socials, on the things. They do some big projects. And, they, uh, they do things, so they could definitely and help you out. they're soon to be
2: renting out a podcast space, just like this one. Whoa, breaking news from come on. Brett. Well, look yeah. at that. Look at that. So check we are out
0: Echo Tango boots to balls, setting trends in That's the podcast right. community. This has been so successful, blazing the trail. To y'all, that now Echo Tango's going, they're going to do this full time. I like that. I like that. I like that a lot. All right, we have uh, we've talked about uh, we've talked the about the biggins. Let's kick it around the boot, shall we? So last week
1: the entity currently. Known as a a combination of the USFL and the XFL. As their plans to merge are still in progress, but they have not yet fully joined together. Uh, They made a unique statement this week that we haven't really seen very much in their level of football or really sports. That they are going to be selling their franchises. Now, they did give a preface that this will be about three to four years down the road. As currently, Fox has full ownership of the USFL product, Danny Johnson, and sorry, Dwayne The Rock Johnson and Danny Garcia have joint ownership as well as their financial backing in the XFL. So eventually what this means is that if everything holds together and in three to five years' time, you could be looking at local ownership, maybe boots-to-balls FC football team boots balls <laughs> football team uh, down there in New Orleans for the breakers. So the it's boots seen, to breakers, the boots to breakers. We're, we're saying it first, but yes, it will be very interesting. You normally haven't seen that the last uh, minor league football team that really had that independent ownership structure was the old AFL with the voodoo Mm -hmm. So it'll be very interesting to see if that works out. And I some local ownership. I will
0: say that through some some partnerships, I did get a chance to do some things years ago with the Voodoo. Mm -hmm. And I know the owner of the Voodoo. And if the owner of the Voodoo is still watching this podcast, if you still follow me the way that I still follow you, and I hope you do, and I hope that there is still love in you for football, please purchase the Breakers, hit me up, let me be your PA announcer. That's all I'm saying. That's all Absolutely. I want to do. I want to call the Breakers games, and I what? had Breakers penance in my room Ooh, as a kid. As a kid? As a kid, growing up, I was I was a big Breakers fan. Fundamental. I don't know very. I don't know many people who had uh, as much fandom for the Breakers as I did. My dad called me Dave the Wave. That's right. Because back when I had hair, I had this big, like, weird the, the, swoopy the thing. Wave, yeah, It totally did. There are pictures. Um, that's the name of the Breakers mascot is Dave the Wave. It was then. It is now. I want to call for the Breakers. And last but not least, play a
1: game in New Orleans. It's been three years. Or please. a couple
0: of seasons would be great. Yeah, we'd appreciate it. Um, Wait, hold on. I, I, I'm i watching producer Brett. He looked like he wanted to say something. Uh, he's he's, he's just prime. Uh, I was just
2: it. thinking, why be the PA... Ma- uh, pa announcer when you can be dave the wave you should be the mascot not the announcer
1: no it's breaking the no
2: breaking the
0: fourth wall no because too advanced no first of all they're gonna want me to do stuff like jump off of springboards and mm-hmm. i'm gonna have to like get down in a three-point stance cuz these old knees won't do no more mm. uh it's not gonna i, I actually had a oh. a green wave landline okay. telephone wow that matched the old petition
2: stuff. the usfl or whatever it is when it comes back make this man the pa announcer make his dreams come true it's gonna
1: start here it's gonna start here right on this podcast
0: speak it into existence i'm just and putting, putting what it out there is
1: coming to an end with the news here on this podcast this is the time for the tulane athletic director as troy dannon has gone about the process of finalizing a deal with the University of Washington. He will be leaving the Green Wave, heading up to the great Northwest to tackle on bigger projects and certainly appreciative of all he's done at Tulane. Certainly put a lot of those teams in the right direction. Saw a lot of teams accomplish things that many people wouldn't have predicted. So good job on you
0: and good luck at Washington. You know what they say? Every new beginning mm. comes from some we wish you the best of luck in all Absolutely. your future endeavors. And I'm curious to see who they get to fill that seat. That'll be an interesting. A lot uh, of qualified candidates. Do you know who I think they should consider? Okay. For the Tulane Athletic Director job? Someone who's been considered for a, a high-level coaching position before.
2: I would take the job and seek the program purposefully.
0: Uh, I withdraw my previous statement. And we thought he was getting somewhere with <laughs> the green shirt this week. I mean, we you he looked the job. Around. You looked the part with your big old I mean, green lumberjack plan. I,
2: I would do amazing. First thing I'd do is get the games going again with LSU. Okay. And I'd make the program be undefeated and purposely
0: throw every game to LSU.
1: He has been disqualified from every position. Yep. Well, you're about to get again. another
0: letter. Thank you very much. But after consideration, <laughs> Lord Almighty. All right. It's the greatest thing since sliced banana bread. Mm. Banana ball is coming to Baton Rouge. Now, if you guys are not familiar with banana ball, uh, once we're all done here, not yet, go and Google the Savannah Bananas. Uh, They're like the baseball equivalent to the Harlem Globetrotters. And they are taking their unique version of baseball on the road, which will include a stint right here in the capital city at Alex Box Stadium. The Bananas likely will take on their arch rivals, the Party Animals. Sometimes they do play other teams, Mm. but mostly it's the Party Animals. That's going to be on Skip Burtman Field, March 14th through 16th. Tickets are not yet on sale. However, you can join their ticket lottery list. It's on their website, thesavannabananas.com slash tickets. As it says on their website, joining the list doesn't guarantee the opportunity Mm. to buy tickets. A random drawing will take place about two months prior to the event. If you're selected, you'll have an opportunity to purchase tickets. So good luck and welcome to the boot, bananas. And last but not least, we don't do a whole lot of talking about local NAIA football squads. Yeah, because uh, not too high on the list usually. Sadly, they don't seem to move the media needles much, so they don't end up on our radar however when one makes history one cannot ignore it so shout out to the lcu that's louisiana christian university wildcats out of pineville louisiana they are having an outstanding Absolutely. football season they are currently sitting at six and zero atop the sooner athletic conference now it's not the reason why we're shouting them out while that is impressive It is the first time in program history that they have been ranked in the NAIA top 25. How about that? They are currently undefeated Okay. and ranked at number 25, which honestly I feel is a travesty. Yeah,
1: that's a little, yeah, okay.
0: The the next undefeated team on the list is sitting in the mid-teens. Hmm. How are you going to drop my boys all the way to 25? Whatever. They currently lead the nation in total yards. Okay. First downs. Gotcha. First downs per game. With 27.3. Hmm. 27.3 first downs per game. That's more than producer Brett gets in his NCAA simulations. Very powerful. Oh, here comes the headphones.
2: Oh. Look, I will have you know that this year I haven't been doing that great, but when I was in my prime, I'd be scoring
0: 80-plus points per game. Oh, is is that all? Because these guys, um, they're doing some pretty impressive things offensively as well. They also uh, – they are leading the nation in rushing yards, third for total average yards per game with almost 515. How are you hmm. doing in your simulations for total yards per game? Uh, I have, I have
2: called the uh, Fifth Amendment.
0: Oh. I'm just saying. these guys I, are, I'm
1: sorry. This
0: team is ranked what? Only 25th. Only 25th. They're they doing things. They have an overall top 10 offense. Their defense has been bestowed my favorite adjective mm. for all defenses. They have a tenacious D. Hashtag tribute. In their last game, which was a 55 to nothing route I'll just of the victory. North American Stallions, they had a nine sack day. Nine sacks. Head the Stallions hmm. to a game total negative 25 yards on offense. My goodness. When was the last time you did that in NCAA? Fifth oh. Amendment. Yeah, no, I, yeah, mm-hmm. I know. Mm hmm. I just want to say to head coach Drew Maddox, everybody over there at Louisiana Christian, we see you. That's right, we see you. Congratulations on the ranking. Keep doing what you're doing. Best of luck on the rest of your season. Go get y'all some rings and some championships and some trophies. Bring we watching. That's right. We That's watching. Right. That's right. Good on you. All right, that is us kicking it around the booth. Absolutely. Boot. And now it's time for Donald's least favorite part of the program. Just the tip. We put the poll up there last and week the and the poll spoke. Resoundingly, the name stays. I know mm. Any Moore is not a big fan Just of. Just the tip stays in. Just the tip stays in. Sean.
1: No, it's okay. Take a moment. Take a moment. Think about it. Think about it. Think about it,
0: listen. I don't I don't have to think the about it.
1: The choice is still yours. The <laughs> comment section is always open.
0: If you can come up with a better name for that segment, leave it in the comments. We'd be happy to consider it. Well, we'll consider it, much the same way LSU considered Brett as a potential head coaching candidate. That is the funniest joke we have, is that that is actual a real thing. Joke? I will bring the letter in. No, I I know it's a real thing, but it's, it's, it's not. It's real, but it's... You know how much consideration they gave you
2: Sir, I sent them a letter with a resume and letter of recommendation.
0: I'm saying they considered head coach Drew Maddox from LCU more than they considered you. Mm.
2: I have yet to see proof that they considered him at all. I have <laughs> I have a yeah. letter from LSU Written that says, after some consideration, comma, we decline your offer. Consideration means I was considered for the head coach of LSU. And unlike Brian Kelly, I've won every game in simulation this season.
0: We still need to make this happen where we get a coach, whether it's Brian Kelly or whomever. Whoever. To challenge him in NCAA.
1: It will be a fine day when it
0: happens. Oh, my. I tell you what. I, coach Drew Maddox, I'm talking to you today. We, yep. go, we can put LCU on the map for a minute. I don't know if you're a gamer, like a video gamer or not, but I'm sure if you're not, somebody on that coaching staff or that squad is. I would be willing to do the
2: coaching-only mode where you don't play the players and you don't play the plays, you just pick the plays and let the AI do it. We could use the same exact team on a neutral site field in the game. Let's make it happen.
0: What coach wants to come shut producer Brett up? I would. Oh, I would love oh, that.
2: It would be entertaining.
0: Hit us up in the comments section, or you, uh, you can email us. Yeah, email us. Info at questions at bootsportsnetwork.com. Yep.
1: And it's uh, right there in the uh, link section here on YouTube. I'm challenging
0: so. you, man. Oh, that seemed legit.
1: All uh, right. What cannot be challenged is the <laughs> Is the name football. of the show? That's right. What's the name of it, Donald? Uh, the name of this segment is Just the Tip. As oh, was like, just- like you mean it just the tip as the (laughs) pelicans tip off the nba preseason run as they are winning at halftime are they we are shouting we are recording live tonight
0: in regards to the game so we record on tuesday so the game will be over by the time that's right by the time but it's happening live right now it's happening live
1: right now would you like to give me some uh sort of mid-game predictions on who's leading the team right
0: now all right so I just pulled it up but I haven't looked at it. okay keep good, my good, eyes good. up uh who's leading the team we're talking let's about let's like let's go leaders? points
1: I'll, I'll go category points who's leading
0: so who's leading the Pels in points yes not even talking about
1: oh just just right now just like who's the current stat leader
0: so uh you got to tell me how far we are in game
1: we're at halftime
0: we are at halftime yes uh starters
1: did play normal minutes
0: I am torn between B.I. and Zion, but I'm going to go Zion. Uh,
1: you were close, Zion, at 12 right now, B.I. at 14.
0: Dang, it. And
1: really uh, let's see. I'll give you an easy one. How about rebounds?
0: Oh, that's got to be Jonas.
1: Jonas with 11 rebounds right now.
0: Jonas Pro- with 11 at halftime? 11
1: at halftime, approaching a double-double. So uh, Pelicans are mean in business uh, with okay. 68 points right now, and More than anything, because, you know, preseason is fun to watch, and it's a little bit better in the NBA than the NFL because generally you don't see just uh, as many of your camp bodies get as many minutes. The starters generally will play 80% of a full game. So you will get to see everybody generally. It's a much more balanced game than you see sometimes in those NFL preseason games where it gets a little bit out of hand. Did you know how long it's been since we have seen the – True starting five for the New Orleans Pelicans of CJ McCullum, Herbert Jones, Brandon Egram, Jonas Valanciunas, and Zion Williamson. I mean, it had to be somewhere at least in the close to two to three year ballpark. It has been 323 days since the Pelicans played the Golden oh, that's State right, Warriors. Because we did last have season.
0: Zion uh, at the beginning of last season.
1: That's right. True. So last year, that roster got 10 games together for that starting five it'll be interesting to see how they mesh how the chemistry develops because it didn't have much of a chance to last year it was so shortened it's going to be you know a new look for the pelicans we've seen the same really core the past three years here now but actually having the all the starters play together is going to make a big difference this season
0: i agree i am impressed right now uh when you look at the the leaders at, the, at halftime. At halftime. 68 to 67. That's a high scoring game at halftime right now. And I should mention
1: at the end of the first quarter, the Pels had a double digit lead. So they
0: did. They were up 38-26. And then they they let Orlando come back and drop 41 in the second. 41 to 30. But they're still holding yeah. on to a lead. Orlando's not a slouch team. No, not at all. Um, they got some good players there. They do. But I am to have two consistent 30 point quarters. I agree. Uh, in your first outing in the preseason, not mad at that at all. Mm-mm. Not Mm-mm. mad at that at all. Um, shooting percentage wise, I think we could do a little better. Just Everybody's shooting touch. about 50% right now. Okay, that's all that's right. Zion works. shooting four from eight for the field. He's got mm. five it's boards, five assists, 12 points. BI, six of 12, uh, one of three from behind the arch. Uh, Herbert Jones, he looks to be lighting him up. He's mm-hmm. two or three behind the arch. CJ three. That's right. Uh, I might have put the the degree on him. He's only two of six from behind the arch right now. Yeah. Uh, four of nine, four of seven for Herb Jones. And Jonas is two of six. 11 rebounds, seven points. But Jonas and the big man down center, you can't be. You can't be mad at that. He's there to get you the ball and and put some things back in. And I tell you what, when Jonas gets going, you don't want to be in his way either.
1: Not at all. Not at all. And, I mean, you're looking at some of the overall players we're going to see a bit more in the second half. You see Dyson Daniels. He's gotten off the bench. Currently, his plus-minus, I'm not sure if you're familiar with that metric. We'll get more into it as the season goes along. Is that a 12 plus-minus, which means he is working on defense right now. Yeah, boy. He only has two points, but the man is using his seven minutes to his advantage You have other regular uh, backups here like Najee Marshall getting in there. He's putting in a lot of work. Kyra Lewis. So we're still down what is affectionately known as uh, along the Pelicans fan as the second line, Trey Murphy, Jose Alvarado, Larry Nance, those first guys off the bench. Right now with the injuries looking how they are, we're going to see maybe Larry and Jose at the start of the regular season in two weeks. No guarantees, but – it's been alluded that it could be possible. You're seeing them start to work one-on-one in practice this week. You got to see Larry and Jose go one-on-one together in that session. And, I mean, they're moving pretty fluidly. It's not quite back to where you want it to be to put them in five-on-five. But, I mean, this team has the signs that they could be primarily healthy at the start of the season, which is not the commonality in New Orleans. You have not seen that in
0: so long. It's been a while. and And I tell you what – to see them shooting at 50% and still putting almost 70 points on the board Absolutely. before the half, I think is a great sign of things to come. Uh, I think the more that the team gets to play together, they're going to gel together. That shooting percentage is going to get a lot better. Mm-hmm. You're going to have a lot more high percentage layups and shots, maybe even a couple of defensive breakaways and, and, and being able to do some real big things. This is only the first game uh, I am excited. Absolutely. Very, very excited for it. You mentioned Dyson Daniels. I think Dyson Daniels is gonna have a breakout year this year. Uh he is a he is a very talented player yes. whose name could very easily get lost amongst the names of the starters. When you've got a Brandon Ingram, when you've got a, a Zion Williamson, when you've got a Herb Jones, those are all guys that like you're gonna have to get some attention, you're gonna have to fight to get exactly. some attention from. I think Dyson Daniels does that this year. People are going to put eyes on Dyson Daniels. And big things are going to happen for him. I'm going to tell you what I'm excited about uh, as well as getting a chance to see some of the the names you're probably not going to hear exactly. get called much. Uh, you've got uh, from Xavier, keeping it, keeping it close and local, Kaiser Gates, who's is a rookie that, is forward. Is that
1: Xavier New Orleans or Xavier in Ohio?
0: I, you know, shame on me. I should know that. I thought it was Avery New Orleans. It, is it
1: not? I think it might be Ohio. I'll double check for you, though. Well,
0: whatever. I'm I'm going to credit him. Avery, New We're gonna New Orleans. We'll claim him. He's ours now, anyway. Your degree is being transferred. <laughs> Trey Jameson, yeah, he's a six eleven center from UAB. Tevian Jones, six foot seven inch guard from Southern Utah. The overall number fourteen pick in this year's draft, the six foot five inch, hundred ninety five pound guard from UConn. Jordan Hawkins, who you and I both know has some familiar family with championship pedigree right here in the capital city. This might
1: be the cousin of Angel Reese over there at LSU. Show enough
0: is. Cousin Angel Reese. So I can't. uh, I would love nothing more. Oh, yeah. Would love nothing more. But let's let's be real. LSU lady basketball team. uh, I would almost call them a lock
1: to repeat. It's very possible. I'm not going to say it, but if they lose more than, say, three games, that'd be a surprise. It would be a huge surprise. That team is
0: loaded. Now, let's just say for giggles.
1: Just for fun.
0: Somehow or another, the Pelicans, with Jordan Hawkins, getting a little bit of playing time Mm -hmm. somewhere this season, just crazily enough, happened to win an NBA championship? Yes, I okay. realize right. that's a right. pie-in-the-sky dream. But just come along with me for a moment. the land of... Champions. Both of them taking the championship rings to the next family reunion. Oh, my. The next cookout. Son, I want to be invited to that that's one. That's going to be a party. I'll bring the potato salad. I mean, he I did just, just win a
1: national championship at UConn. So that's true. That's true. both that, of them already. He, what, yeah, but... Mm. You right, you right. That's right. They can
0: show up with their college rings. Then we'll get her in the WNBA. Oh no, she's going to win
1: get... quite a few WNBA rings, I think.
0: Oh, I thought I heard <clears> him. <throat> that's okay. That's away.
1: okay. He's let let him sleep. Let him sleep. He's already <laughs> done. It. He's summoning I was it.
2: doing research about another segment.
1: Oh, okay. oh, okay, okay, all right, okay. All right, okay. All right.
0: cool, cool. Uh, but no, I I think that the Pelicans are poised to have a stay healthy. A stay healthy year. I, Just to stay healthy. I, I said it I said it weeks ago. Poised to have a seventy win season. They stay healthy. I really honestly think that's that's legit. I'm not gonna go that far yet, but what I
1: think every Pelicans fan would be more than satisfied with obviously you wanna see wins on the court. <laughs> you wanna see a playoff run. New Orleans has not been in the second round of the playoffs. It's now been about five years. What I think everyone wants to see more than anything is we want to see all five of our starters play at least 60, 65 games. We can't keep doing this where we're getting half a season from B.I., a third of a season from Zion. C.J.'s missing 20 games straight. It, it's just not good for the brand of New Orleans basketball. Yep. And this is a little bit of a weird way how the Pelicans have done it. They've sort of taken what was in that Dell Demps and Alvin Gentry era and and they've created a, a separation now with Willie Green, with Griff, with Trajan Langdon. It wasn't through traditional means. Yes, it was through drafting. Yes, it was through primarily using their draft picks that they've gotten from the Lakers. The Bucks are coming up in a couple of years here. But they're truly building what feels like a unique team identity. And you have a strong core. It reminds me a lot, and some people may think that this is a bit of a stretch. I'm, I'm sort of reminded of the old Kevin Durant, James Harden, Serge Ibaka Thunder teams where you had a lot of young guys who wanted to go out there and prove that their position in the league was legitimate and that they were all contenders and could dominate anyone any given night. And when you have players like Brandon Ingram, and when you have players like Zion and Jonas and all of these guys who have proven themselves in the league but haven't had the chance to show it going into the playoffs, if that team makes it there and they're in that, you know, outside of the play-in tournament, six, four, five seed, I have no reason to believe that they couldn't get hot and make it all the way to a conference finals if not an NBA finals.
0: So what's your prediction for the Pels for the
1: second half of this game? I think you're going to see a little bit of a lockdown. I think the Pelicans are a slight bit better as far as it goes overall as depth. Uh, They have just a few more players of quality, which is kind of strange to think when three of your main rotation players are out. But Kyra has a strong defensive acumen, same with Dyson. Uh, Jordan Hawkins came into the game, shot a three, so he's showing that he has some offense to go. I think probably we're going to see Pelicans end up somewhere around 115. uh, Sorry, Magic maybe 108, somewhere in that ballpark.
0: I wouldn't be mad at that at all. I I think we're going to see it in the – I think both teams will break 100 easy. I mean, where they are right now. The way how the
1: NBA has been, it's so hard to see a game not hit 100. That's a really strong defensive performance with that.
0: Oh, yeah. And then the day after tomorrow, Thursday. That's right. We got the Rockets. It's funny how we have two Houston teams coming in. Yeah, how about that? We got the, we got but, the, well, we're going, we're going to Houston no, for football. No, we're not even, oh, yeah, that's true. For and, football. Then, and then the Rockets are coming for, uh, they're going to they're Alabama. Come, that is going that's right, that's to be happening to Birmingham, in
1: Birmingham uh, out where the squadron play. So, you know, a unique <laughs> game. The NBA does this for preseason, unlike a lot of leagues. They'll go play where their minor league team is, they'll go play in a specialty game. Uh, a few years ago, we would go to Kentucky when we had, three or four Kentucky players, because we would get a good draw there. I I would love to see the Pelicans go play at Duke, by the way. Brandon Ingram, Zion, get Coach K to come out for a day and just let them go crazy and Cameron Indoor. That'd be a wonderful time. That'd be pretty cool. But, uh, yeah, we'll see. You know, I think the Pelicans, they need to play a Southwest Division opponent. Just sort of get our footing, see how that looks. I think the Rockets are still – beneath us overall same with the Spurs now Wimby's gonna be a <laughs> an absolute juggernaut and I'm not quite ready for that yet but yeah. I, I think it's gonna be a fun fun preseason we have ahead of us
0: it's gonna be a good little run and then we'll uh we'll come back and we'll talk about the Hawks for uh for next week I think I think. it'll be next week yep I think we'll be back in time for that one mm-hmm. actually basketball. no we won't that's that is on the 14th when we come back to talk Pelicans basketball we're gonna be talking about the season opener on the 25th that's right Maybe we'll have to talk about this uh, post show. Maybe we'll start making some pals predictions. A little bit of pals predictions. Y'all ready to see that? Y'all want to jump in, make some pals predictions with us? We'll see. That's right. I don't know. Where do we talking? Where do
1: we fit it in?
0: <laughs> Just the tip. Just the tip. Where do, Where would we fit it in? Where would we fit it in? Just the tip. Jam pack
1: show, jam pack show, everyone.
0: How? What's my age again? All right, let's move right ahead. Uh, it's time to look back a little bit at our last week's predictions. We talked about somebody had a pretty good week this week. We both Whoa. actually had a pretty good week this week. Yes, yeah. we did. We collectively uh, had, a, had an impressive week this week. I'm surprised at both of us. We're starting with La Tech at Western Kentucky. The final for that game was 35-28. to 28. Donald, you said uh, it, was, it was Kentucky, by the way, was the winner in that yep. one western kentucky western kentucky correct now we both said latex so because we both said latex nobody won on the basis of correct team so we go yep. to point differentials 35 to 28 was the uh, was the final score you said 33 to 30 yep you were off by 4 4 points that is tough to beat that is a good run but i did it i said 36 to 29 it it i was off by 2 one point either way miracle effort wrong team but still one point either way so, ding for me.
1: Absolutely. Congratulations.
0: Uh, thanks. It's the only one I took this week. <laughs> UL versus Texas State, 34-30. to 30. ULL was the final. I said Texas, 38-33. to 33. Uh, Even if I have picked the right team, I still would have been wrong. You were impressive mm. in this one. 34-30 to 30 was the final. You said UL, 35-30. You were off by one, one point. That's the closest prediction we have had so far. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. My Thank guy. You. Well done. One point. How about that? <clears throat> Game three. SU versus FamU. Mm. It was Famu 26 to 19. Uh, and again, I picked the wrong team on this one, and I was still off on the point differentials. I said 15-13. Uh, Southern was going to win it. You said FamU. You were correct. and uh they won 26 19 you said 27 24 again off by only six only six. less than a touchdown ding for donald close keeping it close lsu missouri the final was 49 39 i said 45 27 i was off by 16 Mm -hmm. brett does a whole lot better with his ncaa simulations he said 45 to 21. Ooh. He was off 25.
2: Granted, if it wasn't for the refs, we would have been up 14 points than the final score, and that would have been a more accurate description. Sure. I still would have beat
0: you. I would have I would have beat you on that one. Uh Donald, you said LSU 44-38. That would be correct. 49-39 was the score. Again, off by six. Points. That's how you make a prediction, ladies and gentlemen. You even said three sacks, which was wrong. I was, yeah, I wasn't was quite They had two sacks and two picks, which is good enough. I'll give you that. Math checks out. And then Saints Bucks was the final game we called. Uh, New Orleans shocked the socks off of
1: them. All,
0: what did I say? Bucks. And who predicted oh, the one? I didn't, I didn't, we're gonna get I that didn't change. Out of there. I got so shocked. I didn't even, <laughs> I didn't change my notes. <laughs> the formula notes. stayed the same. I just said Saints. I'm putting it in there. Saints-Pats, thank you. They shocked the socks off of all of us. 34 to nothing was the final.
1: I just want to get that set up.
0: I said 19 to 17, the Saints won. We all thought the Saints were going to win this one. I was off by 32. You were off by 33. You said 24 to 23. And somehow Brett, who doesn't watch nearly as much NFL football as he does college, Got this one right, 27 21. And he was only off by 28.
1: How about that? Just four touchdowns. Yeah, but he beat it. He'd still he still beat, beat us. He beat us, so congratulations. So Brett to gets a
0: ding Brett. this week as well. Weekly totals I went one for five. Brett went one for two. Donald, you went three for five. The weekly comeback hey, season begins. Go ahead, flex. Go ahead. That's right, that's Get right. your flex. Take it now because the weekly winner overalls right now, I'm still ahead, 17 for 35. Donald, you've got fifteen for thirty-five. You are On catching. Up. Back. Brett On five back. for fourteen. We are somewhere in the forties percentage wise. Brett in the thirties. All right. L- looking ahead, our predictions for this week. We got another five games uh, to go.
2: Games before we do. Pred- are we doing LSU prediction now? Uh, not right right either. now. Okay, never mind. Never mind.
0: But we we will. We we're gonna get there. LSU is one of the big three. We always do LSU right before set we do the we lead Saints. up
1: for a wonderful SEC matchup. Yeah, for real. We'll get, we'll we'll get, get there.
0: there. We're going to start with Nichols hosting Northwestern. Yep. This is going to be a heck of a game here.
1: Another Southland Conference game of unbeatable teams or maybe the, unable to beat a team.
0: The winless demons head down to bayou, hoping to hang an L on the two and three kernels. Now, while Nichols does boast a technically losing record, they're actually undefeated in Southland Conference play. Okay. 2-0. That's right. Nichols is in the midst of a two-game win streak. They're outscoring opponents 69 to 17 in that mm. streak. Meanwhile, Northwestern has lost five straight and has struggled to average just less than 13 points Dude. per game this year. I think it's going to be a good day to be at a Bayou Boy. I'm calling Nichols in this one 33-13.
1: Okay, so. Nichols so far has rebounded from what was a bit of a rough start and you look at northwestern they've played some in-state opponents they've played uh i believe la tech and ull so far both obviously a different level of football not quite as strong here's the thing Nichols at home it's a big tailgating scene i don't know if you ever been down there on a game day they liked that.
0: Maybe boy, I grew up there. That's right. I used That's to bike right. to E. D. White High School. That's right. Straight from the country club through the Nichols campus to get there. Don't tell me I don't know Nichols. Mm-hmm. So look. They put my name on the field. On the field. I mean, it's not I mean it is it's technically name. my
1: name, but it's not mine. It's name. not your name, yeah. Look, I'm gonna take Nichols here. And it's gonna be a little closer than it should be. I'm gonna take them 27,
0: Northwestern, 23. Ooh. Okay. Yeah, a little closer than it should be. 27 23. I dig that. All right. This next game is going to be one for oh. the ages. Keeping it in the Southland Conference, the conference leading Lamar Cardinals fly into Hammond, America to face the also winless Lions, Lions. of Southeastern. Southeasterns, uh, they were last year's Southland Conference champs, and this year they'll be lucky to win a game. Hmm. If they do, sad as it is to say, I don't think it's going to be this one. I don't one. think it's this week. Just like Nichols, Lamar's playing well when it counts. They're in the midst of a three-game win streak. And if there's a litmus test between the two, it's HCU. Mm. Both teams have faced HCU already this season. Southeastern lost 34-19, to whereas Lamar won 21-19. to There is one thing that concerns me about Lamar in this one, though, and that's after beating the Lincoln, California, Oaklanders. Okay, who are zero and seven in Division Two this year?
1: Just unveiling new schools every week here.
0: Uh huh. That's what we do. That's what we do. Just keep listening, y'all. Uh, they beat them thirty-eight nothing. Their wins against Houston Christian and Northwestern were actually not all that convincing. Mm. Lamar, despite being undefeated in conference, is three and three on the year. That could easily not have been the case. How does that saying, Brett, go? If it bleeds, we can kill it. Yeah, but I don't believe the cats catch the birds this weekend. I'm going oh, with Lamar thirty-one seventeen.
1: Oh. Now look, I would like it to be known that while I do not carry a degree, I did briefly through a dual enrollment program, I believe, once <laughs> I upon a time. I have one credit
0: hour for a lab. I, I
1: did at one point attend Southeastern. Okay, so I'm going to garner that small amount of lion pride and lift it up this week and say they get that first conference win. I'm taking Southeastern against my better judgment 24 to 21.
2: You like them close this week? I like them close this week. All right. I'm taking the other team 7 to 14. The other Do the t-
1: math what? on that first of all. 7 to 14.
2: That means that uh, Southeastern loses by a touchdown. Okay, I want to clarify because that was
1: backwards.
0: Is that an an official prediction? You're in on this one?
1: He needs to catch up. He's down.
0: All right. Brett is in, and you said Southeastern wins or loses? Loses. All right, so you're at Lamar 14-7. What a crazy game that would be. All right. Done. You are locked in. Prediction is official. Moving on to Brett's favorite college football team, the Tulane Green Wave. They are back. Well, they're not back here. They're going to be in Memphis, but they're back on the field this week. 4-1 Green Wave travel for only the second time this season to take on the also 4-1 Memphis Tigers in AAC football combat. Both teams' only losses have come at the hands of SEC upsetters Tulane lost early to Ole Miss, and Memphis lost a few weeks back to still undefeated Missouri at the time. Otherwise, both teams had very solid seasons. Memphis had, on average, been able to amass more yards and points per game, but their run defense has some pretty big holes. Mm. Michael Pratt is also averaging 35 points per game and is undefeated this season which is why I really like the wave in this one. But I'm going to keep it close. I'm going to say 38 32, Tulane. So
1: we have Tulane going into the Liberty Bowl. That's bowls, waves, toilets have water, and bowls wave roll around the bowl. And taking Tulane, it's going to be 41-28. to
0: What? Yep. Okay. There you go, piggybacking off of my prediction again. Three points more and two points less. That's right. All right, all right. Turn on your mic. This is the part of the show you've been waiting for. Okay. Okay. I'll. Okay. No. No. Take no it you away. go. Take it. Go away. Go right ahead.
2: Yeah. I just want to say to all of you beautiful LSU Tiger fans out there, who are probably thinking, Wait a minute. Wait a
0: minute. What about the ugly ones?
2: I mean. There's Shut a, up. There's no, no such no, no, thing as no. an, an ugly Tiger ever. fan. There's One's a beautiful. reason there's Alabama <laughs> elephants and LSU Tigers. <laughs> wow. Okay.
0: All right. Well, anyway. this was great. it was nice. We just got look, yeah.
2: So with that being said, you beautiful LSU Tiger fans, I have to say this. A lot of people think this is just another home game, just another SEC game. No, it's not. Because conference realignment has, as I have predicted, ruined football. And specifically the LSU-Auburn rivalry. People, we talked about rivalries earlier, LSU-Florida, LSU-Tulane. I don't think there's a single team in the last 20 years, or more like 25-ish years, oh, more like 30, I'm getting old, that has had as many crazy events as LSU-Auburn has. Um, I have them written down on my phone because I am lazy and do not have that great of a memory. So, conference realignment has made it where LSU and Auburn, post this game, will no longer for the foreseeable future have a regular season game, and that's terrible, because last year, Brian Kelly, LSU, Bama, it was beautiful, two earthquakes happened, but you know, an earthquake game is really easy these days and when stadiums have 100,000 plus attendees, But back in the 80s, 1988, on October 8th, 1988, LSU only had 76,000 attendees. Despite that, Auburn, number four Auburn, up six points, two seconds left in the game. We throw the ball. We make it. We make a touchdown causing a literal Earthquake on the seismograph for the first time in LSU history. The great LSU-Auburn earthquake game.
0: Had I known people was going to tell these great stories, I'd have brought us some popcorn to snack on. I'm that just which enjoying listening to the music been going on That pretty cool right
2: now. <laughs> if there wasn't a literal fire. <laughs> the stadium barn burner game, that which I will surely have footage playing of right now, was a game where Elshu won 19-15, but despite it being a close game, in the fourth quarter, a lot of people's attentions were against not at the football game, but the literal fire, because a bar near campus just was burning, and the flames are so high, you could see it from the stadium, but we didn't care, because it was an SEC matchup with a rival school. But then tragedy struck. 1999, when the world was in its prime, a curse was laid onto the Auburn Tigers. A curse caused by their head coach, Tommy Tuberville. Tuberville? Tuberville. When that monster, that demon, if you will, um, decided disrespectfully not only to score 41 points on LSU, who could only answer with seven. But he gave a cigar to each and every member of his team who walked up to the 50-yard line, lit it up, and put it out right on the eye of the tiger.
0: Why do I feel like that curse that he talked about Mm -hmm. was something that he himself levied? Like, uh, the one voodoo spell producer Brett ever cast. It
2: was a curse because for more than 20 years... Every time they played at Tiger Stadium, they lost since that game. It's not a curse. They pissed off LSU. I, I suppose so. But you know what? I will have to give Auburn credit because in 2013, I, as well as a lot of the country, rooted for them because they had God on their side. Um, there Wait was a minute. What
0: school did Tim Tebow play for? <laughs> oh, sorry. I was Florida. I know. Man. Yeah, That's but Cam um, Newton reference. In 20. <laughs>
2: In 20, no, seriously, they, they really did because they had not one, not two, but several miracle games. Who can forget the beautiful picks sorry, kick six, where Bama kicked the ball, they ran it all the way back for a touchdown, or the Georgia miracle. They they throw it. Last play of the game, it hits off the shoulder of a Georgia player into the hands of an Auburn player. For them to win the game. And no one beat them during the regular season. Except they played us at home this year. And this was after the cigar game curse. And you know, they had Cam Newton, but we were miles ahead of him. Less miles, that is, because. Shout out David at Saint That Romain. game in 2013, the only team to beat them under regular season play until the national championship was Les Miles and his. Find Tigers of LSU, thirty-five twenty-one, and I gotta say this because of this ninety-nine cigar game. All of you Tiger fans, I I want you to go out, get your stogie, get your favorite cigar, and get ready to smoke it after. If this you game.
1: are of legal age, if in you your are of legal age,
2: and, and I'll tell you why because. They claim to be tigers, but they're confused. They don't know what they are. They're, they're the eagles one day. They're the tigers another day. They're the plainsmen another game. And I went to Auburn last year, and I and I learned something critical when I went there. I said, "You guys aren't the real tigers. We are." And they and they said, "Yes, we are." And I said, "Okay, do you have a tiger on your campus?" And they said, "Yes, we do." And they walked me down to see a statue no, of no, Aubie no, the no, tiger. No, 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 no. And I saw the statue. And I was like, oh, that's real interesting. Well, the show is called Boots to Balls. And one of the I reasons... Knew yep. I, knew it, the I knew it. I knew it. shoe has a statue in front of Mike's cage. Go check it out. Picture here, future producer, Brett.
0: Can we please use the biologically correct term?
2: My... Tiger of LSU. Mike the Tiger. the real tiger in the SEC would has, not have
0: been featured in the Barbie movie. Has testicles. as huevos is anatomically Bobby, correct. anatomically The tiger
2: correct. Da- has no balls. And I can confirm by this picture, side by side comparison, I am going to put in a post. And I would also just like to add just for funsies. That while at Auburn, they have a tradition where every year they TP tumors corner. It's a uh, tree, the the sacred tree Mm -hmm. that which Bama fans. The one time I ever respected them actually poisoned, Um, but they for legal reasons he did not. And they they threw um they they throw TP over at every game. Well, me and Broblaz, my brother, were there and we um we took some uh, purple and gold toilet paper and teepeed it, and had beer cans thrown at us, and then they, as chasing us, screamed, they're going to steal our cotton, so we jumped over their cotton field and stole their cotton, I stole their cotton to this day. But
0: that's an admission. Um, this is another one of those, why do we, this is the why, weekly, do, we, why, we, why do we give, give him a microphone. microphone? So,
2: I recommend for this last beautiful game to get your cigar, smoke your stogie, do it on campus, even though they say not to, I smoke can. your stogie Legally, wherever you want. This. Because, like Mike, you should be ballsy. You should be a stud. And you smoke your stogie wherever you want to. This is not an official uh, actual advice. This is uh, for comedic effect. Anyway, whatever disclaimer, legalese. So, I think LSU's going to win this game. And I hope they win. Because this game is important. And Tiger fans need to understand why it's important.
0: Alright fans, tune in next week to see who our new producer is. (laughs) (laughs) What the hell? (laughs)
1: <laughs> Producer Brett has been put on like... a
0: seven-week
1: <laughs> suspension.
0: <laughs> I just, some people from Auburn came down and found him. They just, Yeah, I mean, while in town,
2: good gracious! For legal reasons, we did not actually take their cotton. I just happened to have come home with a bunch of handfuls of cotton from Auburn, I mean, from around the area of Auburn, Alabama, last year.
0: From acetaminophen bottles bought in an Auburn CVS. Yes. Oh, no. All right. Well, did you I know like that there's a game need- to predict? Yeah, I feel like I don't even need to give a lead into that. No, one. I Sweet think Jesus. I think we're there.
2: Well, because this this truly is a historic. Like all jokes aside, this truly is a historic game. It is the last regular season game of this rivalry. It is the last cigar game for the near future. So smoke your stogie and enjoy it.
0: Are we Are we sure about that though? Are That's we sure that one hundred
1: percent it It is not. So there is no longer the permanent opponent. Right. In the rotation. So they're not
0: going to be the permanent opponent, but they could still be. It could be opponent.
1: years. It, we don't right. know how long it'll be. For
0: the near future,
2: same with Mississippi is, State, they are yeah, no yeah. longer as, going to be as as we know for the near future, and it's disgraceful that the SEC is getting rid of divisions and more importantly getting rid of these great rivalry games due to Texas and Oklahoma, that's not even in the Southeast.
1: I personally enjoy making Oklahoma fans cry on about a five year basis.
0: But it's funner to make them cry in the postseason. We'll do both. True. Why not make them cry in the regular season? Because I
2: love that they always get overhyped every year, most likely go to the playoffs, and then why they do? They play a real. Why in the world are we talking
0: about them anyway? They're not even. All right. Anyway, the 10 minute long prediction. (laughs) Thanks for the lead-in, because I, I had a, a, a great mascot reference here. that yep. you just I, I don't know if you set me up or you walked all I over. I don't it, even know. It's another true Louisiana Saturday night Tiger fight in Death Valley when the Auburn War Dam, Eagle Tiger Plainsmen come to play. It's another SEC opponent, despite being unranked and winless in the SEC. Uh, it is going to pose some challenges for LSU. Auburn is 3-2 and two on the year. Last week, they were one touchdown short of taking the two-time reigning national and SEC champion Georgia Bulldogs to overtime, and despite being beaten by A&M by double digits, it was by no means the blowout they put on UMass or Samford. Mm. If there were a trap game for LSU, I honestly think that this might could be it. As they travel up the alphabet backwards, LSU's got Auburn, then Army, then Alabama. How about that? I'm going to give you all a second to go through that alphabetically backwards. Of course, there's going to be a lot of focus on Bama, but it won't mean nothing if they can't get past Army and Auburn first. The LSU D line needs to be ready for Auburn's rushing attack that's averaging 202 mm. yards per game. Auburn does not have a strong passing attack. They do have a relatively stingy pass defense. Mm-hmm. The books give LSU in the spread 61 and a half in the over under. I think LSU covers. Okay. And if I was a betting man, which I'm not. I'd likely take the over in this one. I say LSU 44-29. I
1: think that much like what we've seen with this LSU team, they are not afraid to play up the weaker opponent. They are not afraid to show that the talent is there. Now, I respect Auburn, new coach, getting the program back on track. But uh, I'm going to say the Tigers freeze the War Eagle Plainsman. Okay. LSU, 55. Woo! Auburn, 17.
0: Speak it into existence.
2: Mm. I ain't mad at that. I hope you're right. I I hope. My prediction is wrong. I hope you're right. Oh, wait. You actually
0: do have a prediction for this one? Oh, yeah. I have two. Uh, well, oh, to you have played the say? game? I know, right? Whoa. I can,
2: I can be responsible sometimes. All oh. right,
0: responsible Brett He
2: really wants so. to catch up. <laughs> he, um, <laughs> he needs to. Uh, I played the game. It was typical Heisman difficulty BS, if you know what I'm talking about. There were six picks on LSU, um, but the the, the the final score did not reflect it. LSU won 14 to 12. However, we had 135 rushing yards versus Auburn's negative 15 and 129 passing mm. yards versus Auburn's 51. So I did a lot better than that final score, so I wanted to clarify.
0: And thanks for the clarification. Thank page. you.
2: With that being said, I think LSU's going to be in the 40s. I would say 48 to – I'm going to say 28, 48-28 LSU. Strange score. But, I as always, as always, the defense is going to step up. The offense is going to step up. LSU by
0: 50. LSU by 50. Always. Always. I'm at 44-29. He's like, oh, 48-28. That sounds good. One dollar, Drew. Vaguely familiar. All right, last game of the week, Saints-Texans. And welcome back, my nervous optimism. Yes. After hosting the Texans in that aforementioned preseason loss, the Saints now travel to Houston for one where it matters. The Texans are two and three this season, with their most recent contest being a 21 to 19 last second field goal loss to the Atlanta Falcons. They put up some impressive wins against Pittsburgh and Jacksonville, who we'll have next mm. up on the docket. And they have taken some tough L's from Indy and Baltimore. CJ Stroud, here come the stats I was talking about earlier. He's having a pretty decent season, all things considered. 500 more passing yards than Derek Carr so far this season. He's not even quite as accurate, though. Stroud is currently 114 of 186. That's a 61.3 completion percentage. Mm -hmm. Derek sitting at 98 for 150. That's a 65.3 percentage. C.J. Stroud's thrown seven touchdowns to cars four. Okay. And C.J. is yet to throw an interception, but he's also yet to face a Ooh. defense like ours. Their defense isn't bad, though, either. They're currently plus five in turnovers. We're only plus three. We are the 12th greediest defense in the league. They're the fifth. But they do like to give up yards, allowing 346 yards per game. If our D can put the D in dominant, I think we come back with another win, but I doubt it's going to be a day in New England. Mm. I think we're going to get back to close football here. Uh, And I'm going to pick the Saints 20 to 13. Okay.
1: So, here's the thing with the whole situation. I think... The Texans have been playing a risky brand of football because they really don't have anything to you know stand up on. It's sort of you know a new era again, like we were talking about with Auburn. They can do whatever they want. They just have to get their quarterback some reps, and he has to feel good. So far, he's been record-setting good. He's going the longest without an interception by any quarterback in modern NFL history, passing up some big names in the past couple weeks. So, here's a twofer for you, a two-pack. Okay. We're on the go Saints, 27.
0: Ah, right. I like that.
1: Texans, 19.
0: Okay. Not mad at that. That's the one for. What's the twofer?
1: Within the first three quarters of this game, C.J. Stroud will throw his first interception.
0: I like it. Two. Oh, you're even picking who's going to get it.
1: Marshawn Lattimore.
0: CJ's first pick, Marshawn Lattimore. Before the fourth. Okay.
1: And if all that happens,
0: I need to get a new day job. If all that happens, uh, I'm going to get you to pick my Powerball numbers again. All right, you in on this one, or am I going to regret this one too? His mic is still plugged in. Okay, so... They um, haven't
2: gotten a new producer As yet. we all know, Dallas is America's team. We're playing Houston! I meant Houston is... Uh, you can tell my NFL knowledge.
0: Houston is not America's team! Houston isn't even Texas's team!
2: Oh, well then, uh, Saints by 21-7. to seven. <laughs> Okay, 21-7. 21-7, seven, seven.
0: Seven. okay.
2: <laughs> You're laughing over there.
0: I am because if that comes, if that hits, I then, swear, yeah, yeah. I you guess. don't even know what you're doing. You're just picking random ass numbers.
2: I was right last week. Stop it. I guess we will get to stay. I'll have week. you know in NFL 2K5, I once brought the Saints to a Super Bowl, and I put that in my resume to when I
0: to LSU. Good for you in Madden. The when Drew Brees was on the cover, I did that consistently for like know, uh, months. Yeah, just Super Bowl after Super Bowl after Super Bowl. All right, you guys got predictions? I know you do. Please. You guys want to send your resume for our producer job, which will inevitably be open after Brett gets canceled for his hot takes this episode. Goodness. Go ahead, hit us up if you got questions, comments, want to include your predictions, or if you just want to be part of this. show. That's right. You can watch and interact with us on YouTube or take the audio-only version of the podcast with you wherever you go on services like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Amazon Music. The easiest thing to remember, tell all your friends. Tell all. All your friends. All of the friends. Bootsportsnetwork.com. That's your front row VIP ticket to Boots to Balls and all things boot Sports. That's where you can leave those comments, questions, predictions, resumes. And you can (laughs) find us in your preferred podcast arenas. No matter where or how you listen, make sure to like and subscribe. Like and subscribe. Like and subscribe. Like and subscribe. Say it And...
2: Throw Mardi Gras beads on Tumors' Corners, their purple and golds tree, if LSU wins. I don't advocate that, but I can't stop you.
0: Like and And subscribe. subscribe. Never miss an episode. Also, don't forget to follow us on all your favorite social media channels. They're all right here in the banner at the bottom of the screen. We are also now on TikTok, so make sure that you check that out as well. Everybody have a great boot sports weekend. And we at least we at least. maybe we i don't know we'll all see you right back here next time same boot time same boot channel for another outkicking coverage episode of boots to, to balls. balls so long everybody
1: boots to balls is for entertainment purposes only this podcast does not render legal or financial advice Remember to bet responsibly, and if you or anyone you know is struggling with problem gambling, reach out to your local gambling helpline.